Welcome to the Spotlight on New Mexico Film Podcast, where we get to know the thought leaders, innovators, movers and shakers that are building up the New Mexico film industry. Today, we get to chat with Nicholas Harvard, a producer and cinematographer who chats about directing his first film, The Locksmith, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So let's explore why it pays to film in New Mexico. My name is Nicholas Harvard. I uh, came to New Mexico to direct my first movie, The Locksmith. Grew up in Los Angeles. I've been working in the film industry for about 20 years. And, uh, and I've come through New Mexico quite a few times, very happily, to make movies. And what is it that made you want to get into film? I grew up in L.A., but not really associated with the film industry. My mom was a chef. My dad uh, worked in, like, corporate pension stuff. and But they were both cinephiles. They'd both kind of grown up loving watching movies and so they really introduced me to cinema at a very early age and it kind of took it a step farther to just appreciating older films and kind of and more obscure films and they kind of made it more than just entertainment they made it a bit of a hobby and so you know did that as a kid and that turned into a bit of a passion as a teenager and then you know, it all just kind of turned into more and more of something I wanted to do. And I, I, I mean, I figured it out kind of early. I was, I was in my early teens when I kind of put two and two together, like, oh yeah, you can actually turn this into a career at some point. So yeah, I started making short films when I was 16 and then went to college and studied history, but was always interested in film and, you know, worked on short films, ended up working on features while I was in college, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. So what is your favorite thing about producing and directing films? My favorite thing about being involved with the filming process at all is is that every, every day is different. You know, I, every project is different. Every crew is different. So I've had this incredible opportunity in my adult life to meet hundreds of incredible people and work on projects from all walks of life and all genres and I've been able to travel the world. So it's really that, that urge to explore and discover that's really inherent in the film industry, at least the, the film industry is as it is now that, you know, in the modern age where we've kind of come out of the, of the studio backlots and, and the sound stages. So that's, I mean, that's really my favorite part about it is, is the collaborative process and, you know, not being stuck in a, the same office every day, day in, day out. It's the office is the world. And it's, it's a challenge is, you know, having, having the office be out in the world can be difficult. <laughs> it keeps it interesting. And what have been some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? It's strange because like I've got favorites for different reasons. Some of it, sometimes it's, it's the people you work with. Sometimes it's the content. Sometimes it's, it's the experience. Sometimes it's the, the finished product and it, it's all different. It's all kind of wonderful. I was a, the second AD on the Hurt Locker too many years ago now to count, but, and that was the hardest thing I had ever done. And probably the hardest thing I've ever done since, you know, it was just, almost an impossible movie to make and and it's one of the best things i've ever been involved with i mean as far as the quality of the film we made and that reached audiences and was uh recognized by our professional peers it's kind of 
<laughs> it's one of the highlights of my career. Looking back on the experience, I met some incredible people and have friends from that production to this day. It was so hard. It's, <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as say I have PTSD from it, but it was, it was really, really difficult. And, and you often find that to be the case, like the, the really, really hard ones end up being the best ones. It's like the sweat equity gets directly translated to quality. Well, and it also kind of goes back to what you were saying before, where everything's kind of like a new adventure. Having those types of experiences or even the collective experience that you have with those peers that have now probably brought you significantly closer because of the experience just makes it that much more impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite cinematographers, one of my best friends in the world, this guy, uh, Michael Fimignari. We've done a few movies together. He's a director now. I AD'd his directorial debut. And we have this thing every once in a while when we're when it's four in the morning and we're standing next to each other under a rain machine or something, whatever the worst version of working in the film industry is, we just look at each other and we say, Why do people make movies? <laughs> like, why? Yeah, then you get to see your work on the screen and again, pure recognition and the completed project, you know, does that really kind of come full circle for you? Well, then you see that scene and it's, you know, beautifully backlit and the rain is beautiful and you're like, all right, maybe that was worth it. Totally bleary eyed, you know, on the second week of nights uh, in the cold, you know, it's, it's yeah. something. I mean, I, I also can't complain. I mean, there, there are plenty of people that do much harder jobs than we do. So it's like, you know, it's perspective yeah it's like anytime i i tell my whole crew to my like my seconds and my pas and everything, i'm like anytime you hear me complaining too much just look at me and remind me that it's better than digging ditches so, yeah. and i'll do the same for you <laughs> yeah exactly everybody has those days where you just need to put it all into perspective right exactly well, you just recently premiered The Locksmith, which was filmed in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And what really motivated you to want to tell that story? I'm, I'm a huge fan of the noir genre. Like I grew up on the the Bogart and McCall pictures and, uh, you know, from the cl classic Hollywood era, but also from, from the French New Wave guys. I was just really, really looking for a gritty crime drama that I could really set in that genre and and that script came around and it was kind of almost there like it was in the world and you know the producers were kind enough to give me a really long development period where we wrote and rewrote and rewrote and found something that seemed like it was worth making that's where we ended up it's a, it was a long development process to find something that felt was in a, a genre that i could feel at home that was in the wheelhouse that you were seeking it, indeed yeah and what made you want to choose New Mexico to be the location for that story? Well, funny enough, it was originally set in Central California, which is not an easy place to shoot for a lot of reasons. Just, you know, anytime you're out of L.A. or San Francisco, California becomes a lot less attractive. Just you know, not much infrastructure. It's a big state, very vertical. And in between, some of the most beautiful landscapes and great towns and great people, but not a whole lot of crew, not a whole lot of camera rental houses, not a whole lot of casting people. So it quickly became clear that we were going to have to get out of 
either you know retreat to LA or San Francisco, which were just too kind of too big, and and finding the small town feel in in those places is is tougher. You really have to go outside of the you know the urban development of it all. When we looked at other states, New Mexico came into focus pretty quickly. I mean, I'd spent quite a bit of time in New Mexico. I IAD Hell or High Water there that was based out of Albuquerque, and I'd been on a few other projects, and I just knew like even in Albuquerque, you you can drive. 30 minutes and you can get a small town feel pretty easily. And so that was, you know, where we originally talked about shooting. And then, you know, I went to look at Espanola for a bit. And then my line producer, Daniel Cummings, who is now an Albuquerque local, he, he had done a few uh, movies in Las Cruces and had suggested Las Cruces as a place that had some crew that was off the beaten path, but was also you know, big enough to support a crew our size and a movie our size. And so, yeah, I took a, my rental car, drove down there and was like, all right, yeah, this is, you know, it's, it's bigger than the, than the town and the story we tell, but it's not so big that we couldn't still create that town out of what was available. So it was, uh, it ended up being perfect for us. While filming here in New Mexico, I know you it's hard to get time away from set, you know, schedules are crazy, but what were locations or places that you enjoyed visiting when you weren't working? I'm a bit of a nature buff and a national parks geek. So went hiking in the Oregon mountains a lot with my dog. She loved it. I was only able to get out there once to my great chagrin, but white sands, I've been wanting to go to white sands since I was a teenager. So like, you know, being out there and so close, that was the, <laughs> it was a no-brainer. And you know, the history nerd in me was just really annoyed that I wasn't there for one of you know the the biannual Trinity site uh, visit. <laughs> but yeah, it, that, that was the that was the highlight. It's just being so close to so many great nature focal points. Amazing. And what did you think of White Sands? It's it's everything I had hoped it would be and and much more. It's totally strange alien landscape that is unlike anything else I've ever seen. A lot of my friend group now knows that I've spent a lot of time in southern New Mexico and they're what should I go see? And I just say, whatever you do before you leave southern New Mexico, go to White Sands. It's unbelievable. I almost feel sometimes it's difficult to describe how amazing it is just because once you you can talk about it and talk about it, you can show photos, but I think being out there yeah. You really get to feel and see, and it's just, it's mesmerizing. No, it really isn't. You know, I, I grew up in LA in Venice Beach, four blocks from the water, and I grew up surfing and sailing. I was a competitive sailor. I spent a lot of time on the water, and I had a, a similar feeling that I had, that I still have when I'm experiencing the ocean of just the zen that you feel with faced with the enormity of the ocean of the infinite horizon you get that same sense of disorientation and kind of transcendence when you're walking through white sands because the second you get over the first hill and you don't see your car anymore i'm pretty good with cardinal directions so the the sun is always helping me but even with that like i turned around and i would have to retrace my steps because every little mound looks a bit the same and you know if you turn 20 degrees it could feel like you're coming you're going back the way you came but you are not at all. You're going off in a totally different direction, and it's wonderful and um, hypnotic. Did you get a chance to experience our chili at all while you were out here visiting? I did. Yes, yes. I had I had had it before. I'm a big fan. Some great restaurants in Las Cruces and 
growing up in LA, I'm a big, big fan of Mexican food. And so by extension, new Mexican food is something I very much enjoy. And so, yeah, the, the incorporation of the chili is, uh, is something that I, I very much indulged in. <laughs> so we have to ask then, red or green? Christmas. The simplest, like most brilliant thing to describe that. I, I love saying it. Part of why it's my order is just like, I think it's so witty that I'm like, oh yeah, Christmas. Well, that and you get to taste both worlds. Every restaurant tastes a little bit different, red or green. So then you get to experience the whole thing. Exactly. What advice would you have for anybody who's trying to get into film or, you know, wanting to get into the industry? What are tips or tricks, things of the trade that could be very beneficial for them? I would say... The film industry is a vast and beautiful thing that offers many, many opportunities that are that are so different from one another that you can find something you love probably in, in any one of those departments. And that, you know, a lot of what people see from the outside is the glitz and glamour of directors and actors and producers, and, and that's all fantastic and it's real and it's something that you know if you're attracted to that you can aspire to and work for and i totally encourage people to do that but there are also incredible trades and great career opportunities and you know in all the other aspects of it of just the trade craft of creating film uh, you know from cinematography to sound recording to all the art department and construction stuff and editing it's just a really vast world that has some great stuff for for everybody i mean i it's funny like i, I always kind of think like if i had to do it all over again there's something i there's something else i'd be interested in and camera operators have a great job i look at scenic painters i have so much admiration for scenic painters and their process and what they do and it's just like it's so cool and it seems like it's a good time like saying like a like mesmerizing process of perfection of a matte painting, although we don't really do matte paintings so much anymore, not not physical matte paintings, but even the way they age things, or it's just like, it's so cool. There's So there's really something for everybody. That's what I would encourage anybody looking into the careers is like, look deep, because trying to become a director is very, very difficult, and it's very, very possible, but you need to have a very specific skill set and interest level of the things that are important. And a lot of those things would not interest most people. I think that's what, what you can take away from it is that directing a movie, most people see the some of the behind the scenes or like the red carpet and kind of the, the glamour behind it. But what they don't see is, you know, two years of developing a script and trying to get actors attached. And then when you finally get there, the, you know, 14 hour prep days of going through every single prop, going through every single location and having to deal with the problems that arise. And it's like, it's not always fun. Like a lot of the time it's a job. It's a great job. It's a fulfilling job, but there it's really hard and it's very rewarding, but it's not necessarily meant for everyone you know same with acting same with producing same with cinematography like a lot of cinematography is like yeah you're there you're putting the lights in and all that but you know during prep you're managing a bunch of departments and ordering lights and it is a lot of work so if you want to do it you have to be passionate about it so that's why i tell all the kids i talk to in high school or colleges is like 
just make sure you're really into it and, and try different things. Pick up a camera and shoot and learn cinematography and direct a short or do some art department stuff, do costumes, do everything until you kind of exhausted the idea of what it is to make a movie and go down the path that you're most attracted to because that's how you'll succeed is just doing something that you love, you know? It's like finding your purpose because those long days and the work that goes into it can end up being so daunting that if it's not bringing you joy, it just, it's not worth it. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, and the other thing I also tell people is the film industry is kind of like joining the circus. Like you, you have to understand that when you decide to join the film industry, you decide on a type of life you're going to live. And that life includes a lot of travel for the most part. So a lot of being away from home, a lot of living out of hotels and you know, you have to be okay with the fact that you are going to be away from your family and friends for a lot of your life and trying to have a family and, you know, a partner or marriage, like it puts a lot of strain on all those things. And you, you just have to be prepared, especially if you're already, you know, like a lifelong partnership or something like that is to just say like, all right, if I'm going to do this, like it's going to involve a big life change and it can wear on relationships and, you know, maybe it's worth it. Or you find the you find the relationship that can work within those parameters. It's but it's a real thing that most people don't know and don't understand and go in and sometimes regret. Well, and you also touched on it earlier too, is the diversity of jobs that are actually on set. So you have somebody who possibly passionate about construction and thinking about going to construction, not thinking that film could actually be an industry for them too. That's what makes it so fascinating as well is you just have such diverse skill sets on a set. You can bring in so many different types of people and you know some may not even recognize that film could be an opportunity for them in their trade that they're even currently in. Absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned construction. Like One of my cousins married a a man 30 years ago now and he was, you know, he was a builder. He was a construction guy called up one of the companies that just provided scenery to certain films and, and operas and theater and all that. He just knocked on the door one day. He's like, I have all these carpentry skills. And they're like, come on down. And he's now had a 30 year career. He's a construction coordinator in film and TV. And he's just like, he's totally made it out of curiosity. Like, Oh yeah, I'm, I work on construction sites, but now he's, you know, big time construction coordinator. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. What projects might you be working on or might we be seeing from you in the future? Well, my own directing career, we're still working that out. We've got a lot of interest now after the the Locksmith premiere, my producing partner and I do. So we're trying to find what our next project is. In the meantime, I'm I'm in New York City right now. I'm re- reunited with my Hell or High Water director, David McKenzie. So we're we're making a picture out here. I just finished a series with Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie that shot in Española. It's like I couldn't stay away. It just keeps bringing you back is what's happening. Yeah, yeah New Mexico just keeps calling me back. So that, you know, it's been great. Fun stuff. Yeah. Well, congratulations on The Locksmith and the recognition that you're getting. And we really appreciate you choosing New Mexico to make your film and highlighting. And we hope that we can continue to bring you back on more projects. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it out there. Any place I can take my dog and a mountain bike out uh, on the weekends, like <laughs> with that kind of scenery, definitely gets my yeah. vote. All the advantages of how to shoot, like 
the beautiful stuff we can shoot there. It's like just what I can do on my weekends there, like makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> I think, you know, as we're establishing and growing our industry here, that that's going to be a big selling point for us too, because lifestyle is a, a huge component. You're spending hours on end on sets. The time that you are not at work is really valuable. And we have a great quality of life for that. Indeed. Yeah. And it's like not to throw any shade on New York City where I am right now, but I'm not enjoying my weekends as much. Thank you for listening to the Spotlight on New Mexico Film Podcast. And thank you to our Spotlight guests for chatting with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to visit us online at nmfilm.com or follow us on social media at New Mexico Film Office.